A rom-com without any rom. Welcome to episode 47 of Get Spoiled. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by my co-hosts Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature film Love, Wedding, Repeat. Should we get into Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, I'm listening. No. <laughs> Dun- you think quiz mastering's a lot of work? Wait till you dungeon master. Oh, oh boy. Wait till you DM this shit. <laughs> you haven't DM'd. It is a lot of work. It's very nerdy. And then everyone yells at you and tells you that your game is stupid. <laughs> the end. <laughs> but there's like, snacks. It's like being a, there are snacks. And everyone has to go home by 10. Do you but take a turn? Otherwise, it's a great time. Does everyone DM? No, usually no, there's like no. one person. One, one DM. No, for the, for the match. But when that match is over, campaign or whatever it's called, then do you take a turn? <laughs> you really don't know about this? I do know. I just know that, like, is it possible when you start the next the journey that someone else takes it over? Well, everything She's is called possible. called a match, a campaign, and a journey thus far. It's <laughs> so great. Every, everything is possible, Samantha. Of course, it's possible that the DM doesn't DM in the next game. I just didn't know it's it was not like very common. common. So one person in the group is known as the DM because they're the best yes. at it. Yes, but you should know this because of many chosen films. Well, I I just don't agree with the philosophy of it. I think if you want to take a turn as a DM, then you should be allowed to. You And you could, and you could air that. Um, but This is the most, swan ride all over again. <laughs> most social groups you know these types of things tend to form naturally it's like yeah how that one Everyone has their role yeah and there's always one friend who like who's the does all the driving you know yeah and then they just do and they just tend to be the one that drives you could say hey i'd like to drive the next time but like <laughs> the group is kind of silently spoken and now you're airing something that Shouldn't really be talked about. We've all silently acknowledged that Chris is the DM. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. I hear you, and it's a strong comparison, but I'm still troubled by it. I'd say also... I'm, the, I'm the DM? In our, I would, just as an the example. The funny thing is that you asked if we should get into Dungeons & Dragons, and I was the only one who said no. Maybe it's because I knew I didn't want to have to do all that work. Yeah, you definitely would be the natural DM. Yeah. I mean, thank you, I guess, but also no thank you. <laughs> Are we going to get into this film? Yeah, this film. Um... We're going to let's do it twice. <laughs> get it? Yeah, I, I, I get I, I because do, the repeat part, you mean, right? Is that yeah. the reason? And the um, love part, because I love it. I didn't know yeah. what this film was. I just knew that it was rom-com on Netflix, therefore I was going to watch it. And then when you said we yep. should do it for this, it was like, perfect, because I'm watching it anyway this weekend. And it taught me a lot about what is wrong with rom-coms. And so it was real teachable for me. Do you feel oh. like you could write this off as a business expense, this oh, I, film? I mean, I do write off my Netflix as a business expense, but yeah, for sure. There you go. 
you could run off the time that you spent on this as a business expense, so to speak. You really yeah. Yeah. got a hell of a lot of takeaways. Like continued education. Yeah. Class. And now you're going to teach Chris and myself and all of our listeners um, Why this what you learned. Bad. So now you are taking on a, a pedagogical role. And so, yeah, <laughs> you can start to charge this time as well. Because and you, you I don't just write yeah. yourself. You teach screenwriting to others. <laughs> This film, I feel you laugh, but it's a fact. I, I know. I was too tired last night to do my full notes, but because this was just a comedy of errors of different people interrupting each other for different private conversations, and we'll get mm-hmm. to all of that. I wrote down basically all the main ones. Good, um, good. So that when I woke up this morning, I just had to like fill in the blanks. So it's I feel pretty good, very good about my furnace today. I feel pretty good, very good about your thoroughness, too. <laughs> I don't always. Today I do. Uh, I'm glad. And uh, I I wonder if your notes started to look complicated at all because you, you say there's lots of, like, conversations, side conversations between different combinations of characters. And there are nine people on the poster. They barely fit. They're really scrunching in just to all get on the poster. Do you like to love wedding repeat? Yeah. I love weddings. Should I love weddings, do you? too. Oh my god, they're so fun! Every, Especially if you're not everybody loves weddings. I think a lot of no. people don't love weddings. I think Jeremy don't. and I are Chris. Where do you stand? Are we uh, unanimous or what? I don't love weddings as a category, but I have loved weddings. I okay. love weddings as a category, and of course, some are more fun than others. Like the more people you know, and the well, closer you are with the people, yeah. I mean, the more fun it is. But even mm-hmm. the worst is still good. It's like pizza. The worst is still good. Ooh, I would not say that. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. I loved every wedding I've ever been to, to some degree or another. But yep. starting with love. I love all, right. all weddings, and then I repeat. <laughs> you love weddings and repeat loving weddings. Yeah. Maybe that's what this title means. It definitely it's... doesn't. It means something very stupid and very specific. Oh, yeah. I, so what I know about this is, number one, I watched the trailer, and it was very bad. And didn't seem like something that had a Hollywood budget um, the way it was cut together. It did not. And um, and there seems to be some sort of ruse going on at this particular wedding where anything can happen and it might be a little bit uh, of a twist going on. Sort of. So basically what they're trying to do overall, I would say, is uh, recreate a Four Weddings and a Funeral vibe with Mm -hmm. many different wacky friends and shoehorning the setting into Rome, Italy, but making everyone be an English speaker. Okay. They put and, it in uh, Rome. The setting is Rome. Yeah. Destination wedding. Bunch of Brits head down to Rome for a wedding. The groom is Italian, though he is not much of a character, and the bride is a Brit. Okay. And then you got um, Mun in the mix, just the one American. Yeah. Mun in the mix. Yeah. Oh, she's the only American? Yeah. You obviously haven't watched the trailer, Jeremy. <laughs> I did. I think they even said that. They're like, she's the only American. <laughs> yeah, and, then exactly. there was some, and then they repeated that. It's uh, written by a guy that, the guy that made it made um, a similar movie that was good called Death at a Funeral, which oh, wait. was a British movie and it was funny. And then Chris Rock remade it in America and it was funny again. I watched the British one and I loved it. <clears throat> Yeah, huh. Dinklage. I, Dinklage is out of control in it. I don't think yeah. I saw it, but I remember seeing the trailer or reading about it. It's worth watching. Yeah, and it, 
I, I think a lot of similar bits, like I believe someone gets, I did watch the trailer because someone gets drugged, right? Someone's on some happy pills or something. Oh, there's drugging. Some goofballs. <laughs> uh, drugging was a big part of Death at a Funeral as well. I, I think James Marsden was heavily Marsden's drugged. Marsden's in, in, in the, it? If you'll excuse American. me, I... Did you hear that? Did you hear that reaction to Marsden? Yeah. Marsden? All right, should I tell you about this stupid ass movie? No. <laughs> Do you right. want us to know about it? Do you want anyone to know about it? Is it maybe this should be maybe it's sort of like a like a you know like a public, uh, what's the word? Like a public service, like a public service announcement. Um, Should you know about this like, movie? No. Well, no, just like uh, w- the lessons we can learn when when uh, romantic comedy goes wrong. You know, like the right. dangers. That's right. That's oh, right. yeah, we can discuss tale. that after. I've got a lot of thoughts. Instructional. Well, it's that could be the podcast. That would be my suggestion. <laughs> oh, I see. But first, if you yeah. know what happens in it. Well, you just weave it in. You know, uh, one okay. thread. One thread, uh, one side scratches the other's back. What's the term? What's the metaphor here? You know, a tapestry. (laughs) Layers of an idea. Yeah, yeah. Weave it in. So basically you'll be like... Jerk the left side, jerk the right side. I I hear you. I hear you. You'll be like, and then Olivia Munn kisses the other British guy. And then you interject. And why that is stupid is because... (laughs) Where do I begin? You know, Sam, I feel like maybe you've done this once or twice. I don't think you'll have a problem weaving that tapestry, that onion. Yeah, what am I, telling you how to do your job here? Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey. Okay, this fucking guy. Okay. Well, you know, good segue, as this is said in Italy. So, uh, <laughs> it starts off with a voiceover by a British woman who is not a character in the movie. This is all just a interstitial, omniscient. yeah, just omniscient some exposition right up front. Right up front and recurs, and she like says, like, chaos, in the matters of love, everything is based on chaos and chance and taking opportunity, and, like, anything could happen in a, you know, infinite amount of ways, depending on the choices you make and the chances that become available, that kind of thing. Cut to right. Sam Claflin, that's our leading man. I'm going to call him Sam, because I don't know his character's name. Even though, as you know, I scorn all male Sams. What? Uh, yeah. What's? Why do? Why do? Why do I? Why am I supposed to know this guy? He's is a he the, hunky man. Is he the Outlander? No, that's Sam Hewen. <laughs> and oh, he's Sam. Sam as well. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even. Uh... I didn't even do that because of the Sam thing. I had no idea. I just thought because of his stupid face, I thought he was the Outlander. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do have a likeness in common a bit. Sam Coffin was in the Hunger Games. He was in... And uh, uh, Peaky Blinders. I didn't know that. Who was he in the Hunger Games? Uh, Finnick O'Dare. Yeah. Oh, that's a juicy role. He's from the uh, water community, like the water sector. He's the Han Solo of the franchise, really. I was on the the team, man. What the fuck is the water sector? What the hell are you talking about? In Hunger Games, there's 12 districts. And each one is known for its industry. And Sorry, they were like I the fishing I thought you industry. Were naming a new movie after naming Hunger Games. I don't know. He was in the fishing and therefore was a really strong swimmer. That was his thing. Mm, excellent. I was Team Finn because, or whatever his name was, because I was not Team Peta and I was not Team the other guy. Uh, I mean? Yeah, I think I've only seen the first two, maybe. Or maybe three, I don't know, but I definitely wasn't Team either of the main two guys yeah, because they were terrible. This both. Guy. I was Team Woody Harrelson. (laughs) (laughs) 
I never saw any of those movies, but I did read the books. And I was Team Peta, Hundo. I read the books too, and I was more Team Peta in the books than oh, yeah. I was for the films. But in the films, you couldn't have been his team. And I was no. even in the book, I was Team Finn, whatever. Um, and like that exploded in movie form. The problem with the movie is it immediately starts, and you can only be on one team, and it's Team Jennifer Lawrence because she's like the greatest actor ever, and everyone else stinks. Except Woody, but like her male counterparts suck balls. And, uh, it's like, except Woody and I don't give a face. shit about any of these fools. And Jeff Lawrence <laughs> is running around just murking people. So <laughs> she really is. But wait, I we don't have time for it right now. But I do want to revisit your experience reading all of the Hunger Games. So sure, pencil that in for another time. Absolutely, coming up on an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, and I I need to dig in. Get spoiled book club. <laughs> Sam, I have a lot of thoughts about the Hunger Games. We'll definitely talk about that okay. another time. Looking forward to it. I won't forget. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, this chaos and love and chances thing happened. So Sam Claflin is talking to himself in a mirror at a restaurant, bigging himself up, saying like, okay, you know, you're about to get on the plane. This is your one time. Like, you got to tell her. You got to tell her. He comes outside the restaurant, and Olivia Munn is there. Her name is Dina. Which do you prefer? I prefer Olivia Munn. Okay, so Olivia Munn is there, and he says, what a great weekend. I can't believe how much fun it's been. And she says, yeah, when Haley, your sister, and my friend said that we were both visiting her (laughs) in the same weekend in Rome, Italy, where we are right now, um, I thought it was going to be like a bummer that we'd have to share her. But, wow, what a time we've had. And that goes on for a while for like a minute or two of this flirting. So here's uh, where I'm going to cut in with my first mistake. We don't see them starting to like each other at all. Oh, you get told about it. It just is. Yeah. The They're weekend not is, showing. Yeah, the weekend is complete, and we have to just be rooting for them based on this one awkward exchange after an off-screen long weekend together. And sorry, Sam and Olivia, the, the, fr- the mutual connection is his sister slash her friend. Correct. She's a war journalist. That's an offhand um, piece of information we get. So she was there working for the weekend, and he popped over from England to visit the sister. We don't know why she's there at all, but she is. What what, uh, Roman war brought her her to the area? (laughs) We learned nothing about that. The Peloponnesian War. Uh, Yes, of course. That that brought in all the heavy-hitting journalists. Um, okay, are they at the dinner, the, the restaurant, just the two of them, or is the sister and the friend there as well? The sister is not present in this scene, what, which is and also what is this weird. Young Haley's name? Haley. Haley's the sister. Haley. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this awkward flirting happens, and it's inevitable that they're about to kiss. We can sense that when all of a sudden uh, another man approaches from the side of the street and he's like, Hey Sam, I will fancy meeting you here. And it's interrupted. And the guy is like, so unbelievably does not take the hint that they were having a private moment. And he says, Oh, I'm heading back to England right now myself. Do you want to ride for the airport? And she's like, you're really going to go with him right now? He's like, yeah, yeah, I guess I will. But Hey man, can I just have a moment to say goodbye to her. We had a weekend, and the guy's like, sure, no problem. But he just stands there between them, like, in the most, like, unbelievable delusion I've ever seen. But that's the joke, right? That's the joke. That's the joke. Yeah. So... I hope I hope Olivia Munn gets with that guy <laughs> instead. He just totally alpha'd him. Yeah, it's it's like, peacocking. It's called peacocking. 
Yeah, his game is way stronger. He's taken over the situation. I'm going back to England. He's established yeah, he, a strong. Go ahead, frame. say goodbye. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> I'll oh. give you a ride. I'll be the one who takes you. It all true, but spoiler alert: he does not recur in this film. That's a mm. real shame. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yep. But I guess that's what happens with love. It's chaotic. I think a narrator <laughs> once told me that. <laughs> so they part ways, unkissed. The voiceover narrator comes back and says, well, love just gave him a real kick in the nutsack. Is that a direct quote? Basically, yes. In my head, this is the narrator from Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Damn Duke, boys. <laughs> Got himself into a real dilliot of a pickle. <laughs> Will they ever find love? Nah, That's the thing about love. It's chaotic, <laughs> and it goes in cycles. So we cut to three years later, when her bridal's yeah. prep room, and Sam comes in, and you think at first, is this his bride? No, of course not. It's his sister. It's Haley, and it's her wedding day, and he's helping her get ready. And she says something offhand about how I wish our parents were here. Therefore, they are orphans, so he's her sole family support. I wish our parents were here, but we are but orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, it is not. <laughs> um, or you and... see, brother, they are... <laughs> Because Sam grew up on the east side of London. He's never talked to me. It's so funny. So so they're getting ready, and then her maid of honor, Brian, who's a familiar face to get spoiled. You may remember him from such films as Yesterday. He was the, like, zany roadie. This fool. Yeah, and he was, he married Khaleesi at one point before he was brutally murdered by the slaves. Oh, yeah. Really, really mix it up. What was his name? His name was Rocky in yesterday. He was a fan favorite yep. amongst Jeremy and me. Yep. And he's probably you, Sam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and his name in Game of Thrones was, uh, it's really easy to remember, Hisdar Zolorak. <laughs> oh. There you go. If you've met one Hisdar Zolorak, you've met them all. That's what I say. Absolutely. Strong line. Um... Yeah. You always know when a Hisdar's around. <laughs> so, yeah, Brian, it's the three of them. Brian, Sam, Haley, getting ready. Brian's her maid of honor. He asks to be called the man of honor. She says no. And he says, okay, well, let's talk about the seating arrangement because I really don't want to be with Rebecca, who we don't know yet. And Sam says, and I really don't want to be with Amanda, my ex-girlfriend, who we don't know yet. And Haley's, like, not having it. She's like, this is just, like, not the time for this. This is my wedding. We're about to go. And then Brian says, okay, well, I'll be right back. I have to get a haircut. But don't worry. I know you have no faith in me, but I'll be back in time. So that all happens. Oh, and he also mentions... Wait, this is the wedding day. Wedding day, like in the brighter, bridal, like getting ready to And he's chambers. going to get a haircut yeah, after she's in having her arrived. Yeah. Brian Zolorak is a complete asshole. And <laughs> also for that reason, and also because he's the maid of honor and he doesn't know what the seating arrangements are. And no, did not what? talk about it. You know, what's done is done. He what, should have been what? prepping the seating arrangement. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, I question the honor part of the maid of honor in this case. It was shocking. And he, oh, he also says, before I get to my next mistake of this movie, he says, I also really want to talk to Fratelli about my acting career. And we glean 
borderline glean from that that he's an actor. We get no backstory of his success or desire or experience or anything. And that mm-hmm. Fratelli is a director of some repute that's going to be there. And we don't know why. Because she's not offering to introduce, presumably, her best friend to her wedding guest. Why is your guest? Like, why wouldn't you make an intro? You're a bitch. Um, and so <laughs> she's got a lot on her, she's got a lot on her plate right now though. She's, and she's got some really shitty friends and maid of honors. She doesn't have to rush to introduce him, but if she knows him enough to be at her wedding, she could broker an, re- an intro at any time. She could, but it, it's, there's a lot to do on a wedding day for a bride and a groom. It's tough. I would, I would think, no, I can't make one of my priorities right now. Making no. sure that you meet this director. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, yes, I will make that happen for you at some point, or I should have already if he's a friend of mine. I'd say this, look, it's a wedding and I love weddings. And one of the great things about weddings is that you can meet everybody. It's the greatest environment ever. You just go, and who do you know? Who are you with? Oh, the groom. Oh, you're his aunt. How lovely. It's the best time. It's yeah, a great environment. I, I want someone I know to get married very soon because I just love to be back in that environment. Oh God. Making friends with strangers at the table where you're, where you're seated. What's better? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> So you guys are loving this wedding that's happening in this film right now very differently, I will note. Jeremy is a yes and wedding guest. And Samantha is is resisting some certain things that are playing out. But yeah. both they both come from the heart, I feel like, both reactions. Yeah, they're both driven by passion, for sure. Uh, one other question about Joel, or no, Brian, excuse me, the actor's name is Brian here, um, the aspiring actor. He, uh, what is his sexuality? Great question. Um, we later learn straight, but we get no information. Like, how are you friends? He seems to be more friends with Sam than friends of the bride who he's made of honor for. Like, there's nothing. We get no information. There's no chemistry. There's no friendship. There's no moments between any of them to give any indication that they know each other. <laughs> I have two questions, Samantha. Uh, how many minutes are we into this film at this point? Four, you, approximately four minutes. And how angry were you at this point? I wasn't on that a scale angry. of one to ten. I was. I got more angry when I was preparing. Mm, all right, you were digesting and just uh, didn't agree with you on the yeah. way down. I, I was. I was in you... it at the time, and then when I was collecting my thoughts, that's when I got angry. So the wedding venue is just like a beautiful Italian villa. So there's a lot of opportunity for different mm-hmm. areas. In the city of Rome. Yeah, but it looks like it's more, like... Outskirts. Rural, yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's, like, the main dining room. There's the outdoor wedding, you know, the pews part, ceremony part, balconies, uh, private rooms. There's a lot of different nooks and crannies in the venue. So Delightful. Cut to outdoor outside. Wedding. Yeah. Outdoor ceremony, indoor dinner. But we'll get to all that. So we're now outside, all the guests are arriving, and we meet a lot of them. There's Amanda, played by Frida Pinto, who is Sam's ex who he didn't want to be with, and her new boyfriend, who is desperate for her to accept his proposal of six months ago. There's there's Sydney, a flatmate of theirs, who's wearing a kilt for no reason. Even from his own words, there was no reason. He's not Scottish. They, they ask, they, someone brings that up, like, why are you wearing a kilt? And he goes, no reason. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry That's to regret funny. it, but, eh. yeah, there's no reason. And then there's Rebecca, okay. who Brian didn't want to be seated with, who's loud and inappropriate and just talking about, like, sex stuff. 
So cut to everyone seated in the ceremony area, and Sam is about to walk Haley down the aisle, and she says, by the way, I didn't mention, but Olivia Munn is coming, and uh, she's newly single. And then he says, but I thought she was, and she's like, yeah, she's, she's here, let's go. And so they walk down the aisle. Wedding mm-hmm. achieved, Brian makes it back a little bit late, but just in time. And then we cut away, we don't even see the ceremony. Oh. Okay. So the wedding is, the ceremony is now done. Yep. Okay. Reservoir dogs. You didn't see the heist. (laughs) Maybe there'll be another cycle of love wedding repeat. And then another one. And then another one. And then another one. Until we're all dead. Well, I'll tell you what I thought it was going to be. when It was way off. I thought it was going to be successive weddings of some of these people that we've just met in different combos. And it was not not that. It's not in any way that. That would have been way more fun. Yeah, that so would have been a movie. So the weddings don't repeat. The love repeats. Well, let's just just stick with me. Okay, so now <laughs> now we're in the mingle period, like the cocktail hour. The love repeats. <laughs> mingle is implied, but yes, okay. Yeah. and Mingle hour. Yep. So uh, Brian is trying to avoid Rebecca, and he's like, Sam, don't leave me. But Sam spots Olivia Munn above on a balcony, like just a beautiful... Like, oh, that's my dream woman up there, like, glowing in the, like, soft, hazy sun of this, like, Italian villa. Of course. And she's up there by herself, of course, just gazing into the distance. Yep. Like, yep. like pushing a strand of hair out of her <laughs> yep. face or something. You yeah. guys yeah. get it. Yeah. So before he even makes it up to the balcony to approach Olivia, I got to change. It's all Dean in my notes. She's approached by Sydney, who is a classic, like, over-talker, mansplainer nerd and he just totally talks over her and he's like so you here alone me too i guess we're gonna be like shake on it right so she shakes his hand he's like well i guess we're wedding buddies now we just shook on it she's like wait we what what is that he's like yeah we've like gotta stick to each other now good 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 moves cool moves nice Nice. give her no choice that's (laughs) that's strong and he's wearing a kilt too while this all happens yes he is okay okay Meanwhile, Amanda, Frida Pinto, and her boyfriend are below, and he yells at her and accuses her of, like, caring too much about Sam. He's like, why do you keep looking over at him? You're supposed to be here with me. And then he asks her a lot of probing questions about her sex life with Sam in comparison to their sex life together. And he becomes consumed by it. That's his gag. That's his bit. That's Chaz. He's consumed about the type of sex the, the nature of the sexual intercourse between Frida Pinto and Sam. Yes, in their past relationship. Mm. The nature of the sex, as you say. <laughs> what was the nature of your sex? <laughs> What's the nature of your sex? What's his deal? What's Sydney? No, not Sydney. We don't even know what this asshole's name is. Chaz, <laughs> Chaz Allen, whatever his name yeah, is. Chaz, Chaz Allen a, Mustafa. He's a music producer, uh, so he's trying to like peacock all the time, but he's riddled by insecurity. Okay. Okay, trying to peacock, but we see that it's a false front. Yeah, actually, tragic. Like, of all the characters, he's annoying, but he's almost the most well drawn. Well, yeah, he has at least two dimensions. You've already mentioned two dimensions. Everyone yeah. else is still at one or zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
They could they could unveil unveil more dimensions, but I have a feeling they're not gonna. Not TBD. A not a TBD. Lie. Okay, so yeah, Chaz, sex skills next. Okay, the Haley, the bride, is having a grand old time with Roberto. That's her husband, and he says nothing can ruin this day. Cut to the arrival of a new car, and a coked up Mark come stumbling out of the car. So he's missed the ceremony. Now they're for the mingling. And from that cut, we are to interpret that he will ruin the day in some manner. Right, because he's, he's on a tear by the he's time he gets tear. in the door. Yeah. So Haley the Bride. for lost time. Single as well, this gentleman? Yeah, he's single. So okay. he approaches Haley the Bride. Is he looking to mingle? He's looking to <laughs> mingle, yeah. To tingle? He's looking for it all. He says, I'm here he's to interrupt the wedding. Like, I love you, Haley. We belong together. And I'm here to destroy the wedding, even though oh. you've already just been married, like, moments ago. She tries to kick him out, but Roberto approaches them, and she doesn't want to reveal any of this is happening. And so Roberto's like, no problem. He he can sit at um, your brother's table because so-and-so couldn't make it. So there's an empty place sitting there. Roberto is the groom? Yep. He's a chill. He's a chill bro. He has for... no deal. He is a human man of Italian descent. Got it. Ah, that's not, that's even more than I needed to know. <laughs> He's marrying a British woman, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, she says the only thing you learn about them and their relationship is, um, she says at one point, I can't believe six months ago I was cursing at some guy over like some playful uh, sports or something, and here we are getting married. <laughs> Uh, love is chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to describe it in one word. Yep. Chaos. Um, okay, so Mark is, 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 uh, is Mark Is Mark a former lover of Haley's? We don't know at this point, and okay. I was wondering, and it here's an, I'm going to interject with another critique. Great question. Uh, I wish please. we had known who he was to her at this point, and I also couldn't tell for a long time, and I won't tell you what the answer is, but where her heart lied with Roberto or with Mark. And I think that's a problem, too. I think you should have a sense or at least a sense of her conflict over it. Yeah. And she can change. She can switch up. Totally. Yeah. But there's no read on it of uh, where she stands really at all. Well, she just got married and she's happy. But then Mark shows up and she's nervous. But you don't tell, you can't tell beyond the nervousness at that moment what she's feeling? No, I couldn't tell. I'm like, is this, oh, you were hoping he would try to sweep you away, but he's too late, or you're annoyed, or you're scared? Nothing. I could not tell. Do you think she likes to party? (laughs) I do, yeah. That's the one thing I can tell about Haley. I mean, what girl named Haley does? Mark Mark clearly does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's the point, yeah. So, the bride, Haley rushes up to Sam, her brother, while he's chatting with Olivia Munn, and they were just about to catch up on where they've been, what they've been up to over the past three years, including the fact that she recently caught her boyfriend cheating, and that's why she's newly single. However, before they get too into it, he's dragged away by the bride, desperate to tell him about Mark, who showed up. And she says, mm-hmm. he's going to be at your table. I can't let him destroy the wedding. I can't let Roberto know what his aim is. I've been taking the sleep medication because of my nerves leading up to the wedding. I have some of it on me. I want you to drug Mark. He'll pass out, and that'll keep him out of the way. And he says, you want me to drug, like, basically roofie someone at your wedding? And she says, yeah, and you're my brother, and you have to do it. 
and he agrees. Okay, that's a crime. <laughs> Seriously, it's 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 literally a crime. Probably also in Italy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Olivia Munn, left on the balcony, makes eyes across the way to Fratelli, the director, who is a tall, dark, and handsome man with a top knot. That's all we learn about him. A top knot is that like a man bun, but on the top of your head? Yeah. It's the Italian version. So now Sam goes into the dining area. No one's seated yet. And he goes up to what will be his table. And Mark has been given a place card setting by now. And so he just um, drops in a few droplets into the champagne glass at Mark's place setting. Which I found reckless. Extremely. There's like a hundred glasses on every single table at a wedding. How was the glass full or had it been empty? Uh, oh, it's empty. Oh, this is preceded, preceding, pre waiters coming around. Anybody could pick up that glass. And guess what? They do. We what? see yeah. a bunch That's... of children like they don't pick up the glasses, but they like monkey around with the place cards. Well, I was hoping you'd say the children drank the drugs. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> A bunch of children get drugged at him. At him. So it turns very dark very fast. So yeah, so they monkey around with all the place cards. And great news, the voiceover narrator is back. And she says, oh. you know, I won't tell you how many combinations there are because that, you know, you know, your calculator for that. But there are thousands of, like, how many combinations of the seating arrangement there could be with eight people at the table. So now everyone's slowly coming in to be seated. Brian sits down and he chugs from the champagne immediately because he's been seated next to Rebecca, who annoys him. Sam realizes his mistake because he sees that the table isn't arranged the way it was when he first did it. But it's too late and Brian has already downed the drugs. So Brian has supped the nectar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Correct. Yes. So it's much like a Midsummer Night's Dream, you know, when Puck accidentally drugs the wrong—I don't remember—Lysander or Demetrius, that, whatever the hell yeah, their names were. Those are characters in it. Well done. I can't remember the order of events, but I'm impressed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Shakespeare. <laughs> I gotta say, guys, I think Shakespeare was better at writing rom-coms than whoever wrote this. Uh, yeah. I know that's a hot take, but. <laughs> So instead of them just saying, oh, this is kind of a weird table arrangement, let's just sit where we want to sit, they all abide by the very mismatched arrangement, which places Amanda next to Sam and Mm -hmm. Rebecca next to Chaz. Risque. So Rebecca and Chaz start talking about Sam and Amanda's past relationship and how it was all about sex and how that's not sustainable because she is inappropriate, if you recall, and unfiltered. She's like, yeah, you know, you need more than just like, and she does like the finger in the closed hand, you know, my favorite move. Yeah. Like, you, need more, you need more than just that. And, you know, he's got a huge dick. Be really hard on Chaz because he's preoccupied with... <laughs> The sexual nature of their relationship. Yeah, he becomes obsessed. <laughs> Meanwhile, do you Amanda's... think he feels inadequate? Yes, I do. I know he does because you mm-hmm. see, he's the only character in this film. Right. So you're Team Chaz. I'm all the way Team Chaz. Me too. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so Amanda's next to Sam, and they're basically ignoring each other. Sydney in the kilt is next to Olivia, and like he was before, he's an overtalker and mansplainer. And he says, so, you're a reporter, huh? What, like, in the fashions? And she says, no, I'm actually a war correspondent. And he says, oh, yeah? Like, well, what kind of action have you seen? And she starts telling him a harrowing story about being in Afghanistan and being kidnapped by the Taliban. But before she gets to the end of the story, and we never get to the end of the story, he completely cuts her off and says, well, you know, I'm in car insurance, and it's not as dry as you might think. You know, my coworkers, Jeff and Jim, and just goes on and totally cuts her off. Does he get to finish his more interesting story? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Olivia mouths to Sam something to the effect of save me. So he goes up to her and says, hey, like, let's go get a drink at the bar. And Sydney says, great idea. So they all three go because he won't <sighs> take a hint. Can't shake them. Well, they're wedding buddies now. so Exactly. So they kind of have to tell him off. They're like, can I just have a minute alone? And Sydney thinks that Sam means himself and Sam. And then Sam has to reinforce that he means himself and Olivia. And Sydney says, well, where am I supposed to go? He's like, I don't know. Over there, man. And it's an awkward moment and not funny at all. But in that moment where they have a little bit of time, just the two of them, they briefly catch up. And she says, okay, you have 30 seconds to... Tell, for us to tell each other what we've been up to before Sydney comes back. And this is the basically the only information we receive. He broke up with Amanda recently, went to Asia on an extended vacation, then came back to England and qualified as a structural engineer. That's it. That's all we get. On her end, she saw some bad stuff, got kidnapped, came home to take care of her mom, her mom died, and then she found her boyfriend cheating. And then flew over to Rome for this wedding of her good friend Haley. Yeah. Yep. We don't she know met, her friends. No, we don't. She met at a place yep. at that time. <laughs> yep. Could have been online. Cyberspace. I guess that's a place. Could have been anything or anywhere or anytime. Oh, great. Uh... <laughs> I feel like um... they could be uh, aiming that exposition, <laughs> exposition cannon in various places that they haven't yet. Yep. So before they get to really continue their conversation... Sam spots Mark across the way, who is, as you know, not drugged and on a rampage and coking himself up even more. He follows him and puts him into basically a chokehold and drags him into a closet. That's why I was saying there was all these different rooms and different areas of the venue leading up Mm -hmm. to this. He traps him in a closet in one of the side bedrooms and drags over a bureau to keep the door from being openable. What? Crime number two. Yeah. And, and but but Mark is conscious and fighting against him. Yes. And like I'm I could see him doing this to uh Brian who's hopped up on downers, but <laughs> Mark's got coke energy right now. How is Sam able to so easily lock him in a closet? You can't So isn't he making a terrible racket? He's making a terrible racket and he, in that racket he yells Haley and I banged three weeks ago. Yeah, because she still loves him. I mean, I thought so at this point as well. So you're right there with me. Uh, Let's see. So that happens. Cut to Brian trying to introduce himself to Fratelli, the director. But he's so, like, conked out that he's just a mumbling mess. He's like, hey, can I uh, sit next to you? I'm a big fan. All that kind of stuff. And Fratelli's like, cool, cool. Like, nice, nice to meet you, Brian. And it does not go well. Though Rebecca, from afar, because she's so... 
smitten by Brian. We know nothing about their history either, just that he didn't want to be seated next to her, and she wanted to be seated next to him. But, like, she's looking on encouragingly. She's like, how'd it go? He's like, not, not well. Chaz confronts Sam about his huge dick and says, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, have I got a, a beef to. I have a bone to pick with you, sir. <laughs> and it's your boner. And yeah. it's your boner. All I wrote in my notes when I was making the timeline so I wouldn't forget was dick tirade. And I knew exactly what I meant. Sam tries to calm him down and says, by the end, Amanda and I hated each other. Like, there's nothing to be worried about. Like, there's nothing latent between us. So that's how that conversation ends. Meanwhile, Sydney, who's been on his own, is approached by an Italian woman who seems to maybe have her eyes on him, but he cannot read it because he has no game. And when she extends her hand to shake, instead he says, can you just hold this drink for me for a second? So she's holding his drink while he very overtly adjusts his balls because his <laughs> kill is chafing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's so swaggy. <laughs> He needs like, to stick oh, with this. Yeah. It's like That's there's something the around there. Of, of whipping it out. <laughs> hey, she walked over. She was interested in whatever this guy is putting down. So I think I like his uh, strategy here. Just also, did into he, it. Hold my drink. I have a logistical question. He, was he holding the drink with both hands, or did he need both hands to adjust him his junk? Because couldn't he just hold his drink no. with one hand and adjust his junk with the other? He needed both hands because you see... My interpretation was he needed one hand to hike up the kilt, which is heavy plaid, and the other hand to adjust his ball sack. Oh, he went up under. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not through, not through the over the kilt. No, o- no, no. O- oh, OTK. A, no, no, no. Uh, below and up. Yeah. And with the other hand, he had to relieve pressure that the gravity of whatever a kilt belt is that's weighing <laughs> down. So he has to lift that up. To get out the nuts. So basically, he got to third base with himself. Yeah. Well, the woman held his drink right in front of him. He's the king. He's now number one over chess, but things could change because love is chaotic. Uh, okay, Sam now confronts Haley and says, uh, Funny story, I just heard from Mark that you banged three weeks ago. Is there something you want to tell me about that? And she confesses and she says, I was. In London a few weeks ago, I was really nervous and anxious about the wedding. I ran into him at the bar, and he told me that he's been obsessed with me since we were 15. So this is when we learned a little bit. They had never dated before or really done anything before. She's like, maybe we'd kiss once or twice in the past, but apparently he's been obsessed with me since we were teens, and we just had one too many, and before you knew it, yeah, like, we were humping, and I regret it, and I love Roberto. And, but Mark thinks it meant something, and now he's here to ruin the wedding. So you have to keep them away from me and Roberto. Uh, they spent their childhoods together or yes. went to school together or whatever. Something. Yep. Is she, um, our judgment, does Sam seem judgmental about his sister's infidelity? Yes. Yeah. He's like, this is. He's disappointed in her. Yeah. He's disappointed in her. Okay. Yeah. He, he, and he likes Roberto. Yeah, but I get. But Roberto's barely in this. He's like a non-entity. Yeah. No one, you know, only Chaz and Sydney have any flavor. Yeah, who doesn't like he, Roberto? He, as Sam said, he's a human man. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's something we all love, it's human men. Is he white? Well, because he, I mean, so Italian, much the better. Well, Italian. <laughs> mm. He's white, whitish. but not a uh, no. whitish. Yeah, whitish. Yeah. He's whitish. He's white enough. Uh, okay, <laughs> not so. too white. <laughs> he's white enough. <laughs> Which is perfect. That is a great tagline for something. 
I'm not cutting that. Okay, so now everyone's back. <laughs> They've done the first dance. And it's speech time for Brian, who's the maid of honor, but he's basically asleep. But he gets dragged out to do his toast. And he stands up there for an impossible amount of time. Like, it's just so unrealistic. He's called up by the MC, who is, I guess, from Roberto's side because he's Italian. He doesn't interrupt him. Sam doesn't interrupt him. Haley doesn't interrupt Like, no one goes up to be like, are you okay? They just let him mumble and stand there forever. And he's just like, Haley, wedding, fratelli, just give me a part, you bastard. <laughs> Is it, like, at least a good performance of a drugged man? Like, for the actor playing Brian? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Did you laugh? No. No, I did not. (laughs) All right. I can tell. (laughs) I believe you. I didn't laugh nor cry uh, during this film. Did you... Did you you, um, do one of those, like, exhale through your nose at any point? Like, not laugh, but, you know, like... No. You know, like no, one no. of those? No, Hell not no. even. Hell no. So that happens. Finally, Brian is dragged off, and Haley is such a good friend and nice person that she basically throws him in a pile just in a hallway and leaves him to go back to deal with Mark. Is Mark still in a closet, trapped in the closet? Yes, he is. Okay. So but she's still worried. We've, we've stowed away both of the drugged individuals. Yeah. But. How does she know where he is? She's just worried about the idea of him. She's, she's oh, I see. She's, she's seeking him out. She's just frantic. And she hasn't still. heard the incredible record of a an imprisoned man. No, because it's a huge villa. But like, she doesn't even take Brian, her maybe best friend, at least friend enough to be her maid of honor, like to a bed. Um, not cool. I yeah. found it super uncool. And especially at a wedding where people should only do cool things all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, let's see. Where are leaving Brian she's in the, off pile to on find, the floor? She's off to find Mark. Yeah. Okay, but back to Amanda, Frida Pinto. She confronts Sam because Chaz is like, he said he hates you. And she gets mad about that because now we realize that she's been holding out for them to get back together. And that's why she's been reluctant to accept Chaz's proposal. Sort of. Like, vaguely, that's what we can interpret. And so she's mad at Sam. Why? Because Chaz said, well, Sam said you guys hated each other by the end. She's like, you hate me? And then uh, she headbutts him in the face. On purpose? Yes. He's bleeding crime. now. Yeah. These are all very terrible people. Is she like an MMA fighter or something? No, she just does it. I don't have the confidence to headbutt someone in the face. I don't feel like I would know how to do it properly. I think I would just miss and like headbutt my own face into a wall. I mean, that's the risk, right? That you just end up slamming your face into something instead of inflicting injury on the other person. Yeah. So, yeah, he's gushing blood. Meanwhile, Fratelli, the director, is chatting up Olivia Munn at the bar. But she gets a work call about a Mexican story that needs her attention. And her normal editor, who would be there, has food poisoning. So she has to rush off. She makes a hasty goodbye to Haley. And Fratelli offers to drive her. Meanwhile. Drive her where? To, to like the airport or something? I don't know. Oh, He's like, she I'll has drive to leave you. The, the wedding and possibly the country. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to Mexico for the Mexican War. Yeah. <laughs> the drug so, war. Then, uh, one, one of the vendors or workers of the wedding hears Mark shouting and finally shoves over the bureau and lets him out. He Good. storms the main room, takes the stage immediately, and shouts, Haley and I shagged three weeks ago. 
<laughs> so That's I, awesome. goodness. Mark's probably Needed coming in said. like top three now for you, I would guess. Mark? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Mark's. It's a Sydney still number one. <laughs> Mark number two. Chaz is down to three. But wow. that's really just because Chaz hasn't been in it in a while. <laughs> I'm hoping when Chaz shows up again, he literally just whoops his dick out and is like, <laughs> "Let's measure" or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team Roberto. I feel like he's a good dude. Yeah. Well, now, how does it Roberto handle that declaration? Not, not well. well. So Roberto mm. is devastated. He runs off. Haley it's runs like, hey, after him. Hey, what's the matter for you? Yeah, they're on <laughs> <Hey>. the balcony. <laughs> they're on the balcony of the villa, shouting. He says, "It's over. How could you? How could you betray me?" She's pleading for him to forgive her, and she kind of approaches him. He steps back aggressively, falls over the balcony, and as his body tumbles to the ground below, freeze frame. Oh. I think we're going to hear from the narrator. Yeah, you got it. You called it. And she says, remember when I said there were so many different combinations of how that table setting could have been? Well, that was just one. And then there's a very brief and frenzied montage of all the different combos. Like, you can't really, like, get anything out of it. But, like, everyone has their turn of being drugged. And, like, at one point, Olivia Munn is slapping Sam in the face. And at one point, you know, Chaz is heaving Amanda over his shoulder. Like, all just different, like, zany mm-hmm. moments that you can't really interpret to mean anything. Until finally the montage ends and the narrator says, until finally you exhaust them all and you get one that's just right. And then we start over the whole thing again, starting at the dinner table. Except this time... It's Sam who is drugged. He's drugged himself by accident. Ugh. So we're just it's um playing dying out of different day. like just dying another day versus It's a groundhog day sliding doors. Yep. Thing. Um that, that's the repeat just, of it all. Can I just mention there was that sliding doors. The the montage was sliding doors. This is more groundhog day. Yeah. Can I yeah. just mention that uh I was I was reminded of of the Dukes of Hazard uh narrator who also speaks when there's a freeze frame of the car <laughs> flying through an air. It's so true. <laughs> well, the Duke boys are down to their last bottle of moonshine. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, well the general lead is mid-jump. Boss Hog is just around the corner. There are days, most days, and you know this, I'll tell you that The Sopranos is the best television show of all time, but there are some days where I think it's the Duke of Hazard. I've never really show. watched it. I went to the Dukes of Hazard Museum in Virginia. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were such a fan. A huge fan. When I was a kid, I loved Michael Jackson and the Dukes of Hazard. They're my two favorite things. I listened to the Dukes of Hazard theme song constantly. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, loved I did it. not know this. I loved them. I loved their cars. I loved General Lee. I loved everything. I had all the cars. I had Boss Hogs Cadillac, Daisy's Jeep, all of it. Cooter's tow truck. <laughs> yeah, there's a character called Cooter. Yeah, so now a drug Sam is between Olivia and Brian, and next to Brian is Rebecca. Sam realizes his mistake immediately and runs to the bathroom, followed by Brian. And he forces Brian to help him puke, because he's like, I can't do it. Like, I'm gagging. Like, you have to do it. So he shoves Brian's fingers down his own throat. Right when Olivia comes into the bathroom to find them in what looks like a dick sucking position. Right, right. That was in the trailer. A lot of laughs. A lot of laughter. <laughs> dick sucking position. 
as I recall in the trailer, <laughs> Olivia handled it pretty pretty well. She was just like, everything cool in here? Like, oh, yeah, second uh, position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DSP, cool. yeah. DSP. I know Speed it well. <laughs> oh. So he comes back out and he's like, hey, can we just forget that you saw any of that and don't ask me questions? She's like, I don't know. It's kind of an indelible image, but sure, I'll... I'll try my best. So Was there, Brian successful in gagging him? No, not really. I mean, a little bit came up, but based on what happens from now on, the drugs it didn't work. Are still, yeah. Okay. He's retained the drugs. He's retained the drugs. <laughs> so they're at the table, and she gets very tearful and opening up about her mother's cancer and dying and the randomness of it and, like, how, why was it her? And I'm just not, like, just kind of some really heartfelt stuff. And she's like, I don't normally talk about any of this, but, and then he yawns. She's like, am I boring you about my cancer mom? He's like, no, 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 please continue. So she continues a little bit and then he's fully passed out. Mm-hmm. And That's she's upset. Yeah. Yeah. Though he could have said like, I accidentally took my sister's sleep medication. He doesn't. Yeah. He, you think he would want to share that information with a lot of people. Yeah. Like, so that everybody's clear on why he's, Behaving the way he is, and if he needs medical attention, this is often the answer to uh, to like a lot of stuff that happens in bad comedies. You know, yeah, it's like you can say that about every Frasier episode, right? Like every single, uh, yeah, like you could just say it. I'm not. That's not to say Frasier is bad comedy because it certainly isn't. But uh, you could just say it, and then this would be over. This situation would be null and void. Yeah, yeah so well, true. he doesn't make any corrections, even though he knows full well and good what's happening with him. So, okay, cut to Brian's in a hall with Rebecca, and they're sitting together, and he says, Rebecca, why do you even like me? Because apparently it's the clearest day to everyone, even though, again, we've learned nothing about their history. And she, yeah, he's what, like... What a, what a confident thing to say. Yeah, and he's like, aren't, aren't I just an anxious mess and a real idiot? I'm like, are you an anxious mess? I haven't seen that in you, but okay, sure. That's your self-assessment? Great. And she says, yeah, you are all those things, but I'm an idiot too, and that's kind of what I like best about you. You don't need to pretend with me. And he says, I've never had that before. I've never been seen like that before. And I'm going to interject with another critique. Why does he like her? What is there about her? Nothing. We don't get anything. But they start sucking face hard. He likes her explicit talk. Yeah, they're both uh, but he doesn't even your like it. kind of people. They both live out loud. or I, no, I, no, I don't know. I don't know. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> this is, they are in Italy, after all. Yeah, but yeah. There's no... Eat, res- pray, love, repeat. There's love. no reciprocity of why he likes her. Not that she's unlikable, but we just don't get that. This is why Chaz is my number one. Wedding repeat. (laughs) (laughs) This goes back to Chaz and like what Chris was saying about comedies hinging on people not saying things. And if they just said them, everything would be fine. Chaz does make it all clear. Chaz does say it. Yeah. And that's why it's notable. You know, he has to be commended for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm glad that uh, these two, Brian and whatever her name is, uh, are kissing. And I hope that works out for them. Yeah. So cut to Sam. He's still passed out of the table. Olivia has left. Amanda, the ex-girlfriend, Frida Pinto, comes up and says, um, Chaz proposed to me. And he says, congrats. And Wait, she, he's not unconscious anymore? He's like, barely. 
Okay. He's like, congrats. Yeah. Ah. And she bitch slaps him and purple nurples him, which kind of rouses him a little bit. And in the congratulations, she realizes that he's never going to want her back. And what she's been hoping for, sort of, and not with any evidence, and they've had no good, playful moment with each other to warrant her wanting him back, she accepts that they are not going to get back together. Because of the, just the the drugs and the the way he's so out of it and just the dismissive way he says congrats. Yeah. Realize, she realizes he doesn't have a feel, the feelings aren't there. Correct. And because his guard is down right now because he's drugged. So he just says what he's he feels. honest. Right, yeah. right, right. But there's never been an implication that they should be together. There's nothing, there's nothing. No. They're all nothing. Everybody wants to be wanted, Sam. Fair. Are they nothing or are they everything? <laughs> No, they're they're nothing. <laughs> so, in, so in this reality, she slapped and nurpled him, as opposed yeah. to the other reality where she headbutted him. Correct. Do I have to keep track of all the realities, or can we just stick with this one now? You can stick with this one now. Oh, thank God. Okay. So I then, thought this was like Avengers Endgame, you know? No, Olivia's at the bar getting wasted because she's upset that Sam had been so rude. Uh, then Sydney approaches Sam and says in this very, uh, like cathartic moment and revelatory moment for him, you know, I've been thinking and I need you to tell me as a friend, am I boring? And I found that like the most touching part of the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. two men sharing their emotions <laughs> with each other. So yeah. <laughs> one of them Giddy was wearing up. a kilt. <laughs> yeah. And Sydney just showed his uh, second dimension. Yeah. Third dimension, if you count what's under the kilt. Hi-oh! <laughs> <laughs> and he does. And I do. <laughs> so Sam says, you know, you're not, but you just need to listen more and not talk about Jim and Jeff, your coworkers. And he's like, we're not even really that close. I was just trying to make myself seem more popular. It's not working, That's is good. it? That's funny. And yeah, that I was, is actually funny. I was moved. Yeah. All right, so you didn't laugh, you didn't cry, but you were moved. I was moved, and Sydney became my number one. He's my number one now as well. (laughs) So, uh, let's see. Then Haley drags Sam off. Now she's realized that he took her sleep medication, and she's trying to, you know, snap him out of it. And instead of him having to ask her, this reality, in this reality, she confesses about sleeping with Mark. She confesses about sleeping with Mark. Okay, and... um, I guess his sleepy druggedness just let, lets her open up more or something. Yeah. And okay. she's like, but I and regret it. I want to be with Roberto. Please help oh, sorry, me. Like, sorry. please keep Mark what, from him. What? Yeah. What's the deal with Mark in this reality? Is he still coked up and locked in a closet? No closet. He's just roaming free because uh, Sam didn't have the wherewithal to closet him. He just hasn't made his move yet. Just he hasn't around. Yeah. He's just joking around. Yeah. But he hasn't gone to the microphone and said, I had sex with the bride three weeks ago. No. He's not done yet. <laughs> No. Okay. Yet. Uh, Sam, still drugged up, approaches Mark and says, just let it go. Like, let her be happy. Let her be at peace. And whatever he says is sort of effective, even though it wasn't really detailed or anything. And he's all drugged up. Cut to. Mark, takes, in- Mark takes that to heart. He seems to take it to heart. But before he does anything about it, we get Brian's speech. 
he's got he's called to the front and that interrupts his makeout session with Rebecca, which is still frenzily happening. He's like, oh, that's me. That's like, that's my cue. So he runs to the front and he gives his speech. That's all about being comfortable with your partner and just like being able to be free with each other. And that's what I have with Rebecca. And when he says that, Sam spit takes onto an old woman. Because he's classic. He's so surprised that his friend Brian and his friend Rebecca are, are together. Yeah, because Brian has been very adamant that he didn't want to be left in her company Mm -hmm. maybe he didn't have total control of his face muscles (laughs) maybe so the speech is very effective because also inspired by the speech amanda and Chaz amicably break up because he's like you don't feel that way about me do you and she says no but someday you're gonna find someone who appreciates you and your big dick. Like, she finally compliments his junk. He's like, thank you. You know, I knew it was good, but it's nice to hear it. Amanda and Chaz break up. Yeah, because they realize they don't have that comfortability that Brian spoke of. (laughs) But she validates that his penis is of a good size. Size and quality, yes. Well, Chaz is my number one again now. Until I hear more about Sydney's dick, Chad's got the number. <laughs> so then outdoors in a private moment, Brian tells Sam that he's the best person he knows. And like, really? He's just done nothing but wander around aimlessly this entire film. But okay. And, Dogs. you know, you can't always take care of everyone else. Sometimes you need to care about you. Keep yeah, that in really mind. It really makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was... I was blown away. An unforgettable moment. So oh, then... He's, he's, he's been so selfless this whole movie. It's <laughs> time he cares about himself. Yep. He earned it. I'm yep. sorry. No, so I'm mad. Now I'm Mark rushes the stage and says the name Haley maybe 15 times. He's like, Haley, Haley. Like he's just stops and starts like a million times. And again, <laughs> no one interrupts him. And finally he just says, he Haley, it. I wish you and Roberto well together. And so he did take that message of letting it be and that, you know, your time had passed to heart and doesn't reveal anything. And Haley, like, just smiles and in thanks to him and presumably will never tell Roberto the truth. Damn. Great. The wedding. Her infidelity (laughs) of very recent times will remain a secret and her decision has been validated by the person she committed that infidelity with. Correct. The wedding is a grand old success. Rebecca is into Brian after that speech when he said, you know, that's what Rebecca and I have. I would have thought, whoa, that's uh, really too soon, bro. But she's in. She's in. She's she's passionate. Yeah, she's like, oh, that was perfect speech. I loved it. Um, Then cut back to Olivia Munn. She gets the same work call because that hasn't changed in this reality that she has to go to Mexico. And Sam observes her saying a quick goodbye to Haley in her drunken state. He chases after her and says, I know you have to go, but this is him taking Brian's words to heart of being selfish. Mm-hmm. He says, I was going to kiss you that weekend. I don't know if you know that, but I was, and I never felt a connection like that with anyone so quickly, and I haven't since. And I just wanted you to know that. And she says, and this is basically the only and first time that we get any reciprocal vibes on her. She says, I felt that way too. I guess we just missed our moment. I have to go now. And she reluctantly walks off to his 
sadness. Hmm. Then he mm-hmm. rejoins Brian and he's like, well, I tried, I took my chance, but didn't work out. And then Brian gives another long speech about how chance is everything. And like, imagine all your ancestors having to make all the exact same choices that they did just to lead to you even existing. Think about that. Like it's all it's about decisions. Thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. sure is. Um, and while they're having that moment for Telly, the director, and he says, I'm going to give up acting to become authentic. I've been inspired. I know. I've been inspired by Rebecca. I don't need to like cloak myself in my acting career. I can just be me. I'm like, those things don't go together. You can, you can be in a, but sure. Okay. Yeah. I love that line though. I have to say, I'm going to give up acting to become authentic. (laughs) Can you imagine someone said that to you at a party? I can't I mean, imagine that happening to me at a party. I hope it happens person, soon. I yeah. can definitely imagine that happening because you live in L.A. and you're, you're in the biz. So I'm just looking forward to when that does happen so you can tell me about it and what they say after that. <laughs> I can tell you what I would say after that. If someone said that to me, I would respond with no. Or I'd say, uh, that's interesting. Also, I'm going to be best friends with you forever from now on. <laughs> BFFs. I never, I never want to not know what you're thinking, because <laughs> <laughs> if you're capable of that, and that's the first thing you said to me, who knows where this could go? It's a good opening line to start a conversation with someone. Yeah. You know, I'm I an actor. Decided, uh, yeah. You know, I'm an actor, but I, I'm gonna give it, give it up and become authentic. <laughs> <laughs> And then walk away. Yeah, it was it was insane. So they're still there having that moment. Fratelli approaches him, approaches Brian, says, "Oh, you're Haley's actor friend, right? I I was really moved by your speech. Um, here's my card. Why don't you call my assistant who's with me but has not spoken and does not speak in this movie? And uh, we should set up a coffee for next week. Cool. He's like, great. Fratelli leaves, and then Sam says, "So what? You're not giving up acting?" He's like, "No, hell no." Yeah funny stuff so then finally i would have preferred if he stuck to his advice and ripped the card up and was like no I, unfortunately you're too late for telly a second ago i had decided i will only be authentic i that would have been way better yeah hmm. but now maybe were, in another reality yeah so then sam runs after olivia mon and finds her on a nearby cobblestone beautiful street i guess waiting for a car to come she's just standing there in the middle of the road and he says, like, I couldn't let you go. I, I had to have one more moment with you. And <sighs> chemistry is kind of building. And it looks like they're finally going to kiss. And then she gets approached by an old friend exactly the same way as he had been approached in the opening scene. And the guy's like, hey, it's Olivia, right? Like, we know each other. She's like, I'm sorry, I don't remember. And before they even can identify their history, Sam just screams at the guy to fuck off, which I found very rude. Yeah. Also, how many coincidence meetings on random streets in Rome can there be between people who don't live in Rome? All of them. Every yeah. Indefinite. Infinite. I've been to Rome. It didn't happen to me. Me neither. Yeah. It's starting to feel like this world actually isn't very chaotic at all. It's just like almost like very over-engineered by some sort of omniscient hand. <laughs> well, in any case, the guy does fuck off. They finally kiss. The end. 
It's like, oh, this is a romantic comedy about two people who have nothing to do with each other, don't share that much airtime with each other, and basically only had off-screen time of significance. That's a, it's a really good point, and it's, it's troubling even to hear you retell it, and I can understand why you're so mad from the beginning, because, like, what's the payoff? Like, there's no value to any of it. You didn't no. earn any of that. The one, movie should have been called Sydney and Chaz go to a wedding. I forgot that would have one been really that important movie. thing. Forgive me. Sydney is approached by the same Italian woman from the dick ah, adjusting. Yes. And this time he yeah. takes Sam's advice and says, tell me about yourself. And then she starts going on about her coworker, Julia. So they have that in common. They both have coworkers that they talk about too much that start with the letter J. Yikes. Does, that what is... about his kilt? To slim pickets. Is he still chafing? He doesn't adjust it in her presence, to my knowledge, which I think is a mistake. Yeah, because I don't care what reality he's in. He's chafing right now. <laughs> Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curves, flattening the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. That's just a little bit more than the noble life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood.